Shut up and sit down. Welcome to the Health and Wealth Podcast with your hosts, Tim and Carter. What's trending in Richards? Carter Wilcox, founder of CSI Financial Group here with my co-host and former wealth advisor, Tim James, founder of chemicalfreebody.com and your new health advisor. This is the show where we reveal the connection between physical and financial abundance. Hey, welcome back in Richards, Carter Wilcox, and coming to you from um, rainy, cool Phoenix, Arizona, which is <laughs> totally unusual, right? Summertime, you know, mid-August here in Phoenix, and uh, our guest who spent a little bit of time, we're going to be bringing him on here in just a second and everything, but we got this little tropical depression hurricane uh, Hillary that came through, and it cooled everything off in Phoenix. I was just uh, talking pre-show about how uh, I play golf in like lower 90s, uh, which is unusual out here. And, you know, of course, we get no humidity. It's a, it's dry. It's a dry heat. People make fun of us, but there really is a difference between that dry and that humid heat. But anyway, uh, as is normal, I am joined by my fantastic Mr. Chemical Free Body co-host himself, Tim James. Timmy, how are you, buddy? I'm doing awesome. You know, we, we have a little bit of that uh, hurricane hit us over here in Northeast Oregon as well. You know, and I was like, oh, man, you're thinking hurricane. You're thinking lots of winds. And I've got metal that's not completely secured in my building yet. And so I'm out there screwing the metal down. And then we did get a little bit of wind two days ago. And then it went away. And it's just kind of been just sitting there raining. No big deal. I'm like, oh, this is good for the forest fires. And then today, man, it just freaking it's dumping. It flooded the streets in town. Um, all the city workers are out unplugging all the drains. I mean, it's it's kind of a mess in town right now, actually. So, but I'm, I'm happy that we got the rain because the, the air quality was horrible because of all the forest fires and it's going to, it, it brought our air quality right back. And that's, that's a problem, you know, as the health side of things goes, because this is the health and wealth podcast. Um, a lot of people, the biggest problem that we have globally is pollution. It really is. And so fires and stuff like that add to that problem. So I'm glad that the rain came, it'll be gone soon. It'll be back to, you know, 80, 90 degree weather. It'll be great. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's our monsoon season here and everything in Phoenix, so um, we've gotten a little bit of that rain, and that, and that hurricane, you know, brought up some moisture. And we do, don't get me wrong, we get humidity here, right? Like, I was think, I think we were like at 42%, so that's pretty drastic for us around here. So, yeah. Any, anyway, um, I want to go ahead and bring on our guest today, Patrick Huey, coming in from uh, very humid Florida, uh, especially this time of <laughs> year, right? Patrick, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Good to see you, boys. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, thanks uh, for being here. Yeah. So, uh, Patrick, just out of curiosity, what you know, what are you guys dealing with there in uh, in Florida? Because it's it's actually hurricane season in Florida, right? It is the old Jimmy Buffett song, trying to reason with hurricane season. We've been good to go so far. I mean, uh, Irma chased us out of the state uh, last year in, in October. Um, that was uh, a very interesting storm. Uh, it wasn't the, the rainfall so much as the storm surge that uh, that really nailed us. Uh, but we came through it fine. We were back up and running within about uh, three days. And um, yeah, now you guys are getting a little taste of what it's like in the, in the fall in Florida. <laughs> totally. Uh, well, we'll take a little bit of the moisture, that's for sure. Mm. So, well, hey, and Richards, we're very excited for you to be joining us for another episode of the Health and Wealth Podcast. And as is traditional, normal here, what we like to do is we like to get an idea of the journey of our guests. So, Patrick, what was it that really initially got you into the financial services business in the first place to have you, you know, helping your clients that you're doing today? In a word, it was a mistake. Um, and I think a lot of people have, have a similar story. My backstory, I, I grew up in Western Pennsylvania um, and I joined the Navy when I was 18. Uh, they put me through college, uh, which I super appreciate, especially these days. Um, and I then went on and uh, went through Navy flight school in Pensacola, ended up flying airplanes uh, for nine years in the Navy. And when I got done with that, I was out on the West Coast uh, in California, and I was just looking around trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life, you know, what I wanted to do when I grew up, uh, because flying airplanes in your 20s is, is not conducive to maturity and, and growing up, believe it or not. So 
you know, I, I was looking around, I was going to job fairs. Uh, I had a, actually had a group that approached me out of Chicago and they wanted to hire me to be a trader because they had read some book or some study about Israeli fighter pilots making great traders, you know, probably having something to do with, you know, not really caring too much uh, or getting overly excited uh, when things were going against them. So I, I went down a path with them, ultimately did not end up working with them, but it got me a little bit more interested in financial services. And and I started looking around and, and uh, ultimately was was hired to work in San Francisco um, at a place that I wouldn't recommend these days uh, to anybody trying to get into business, but that's how we all got in in the early 2000s. You know, you you smiled and dialed and, and you took it on the chin and, and you figured out what you were going to do next. Um, I turned independent in 2016, started my own firm, uh, and that's where we are today. Um, you know, still uh, serving families and the occasional nonprofit uh, that we enjoy working with. And uh, that's it. Victory Independent Planning. Uh, that's my firm, and and that's where we are. Nice, awesome. So, uh, so I'm, I'm interested. Um, share a little bit more about your military background and how that might have even has helped you along the way with uh, I don't know, call it discipline and uh, and some of your capabilities, maybe. Good question. Uh, you know, I think that the military background you can certainly oversell it, especially when you're talking to clients. Um, but the one thing that the military does do is, is create some good habit patterns for you. And uh, I, I like, um, I don't know if you've ever listened to uh, Jocko Wilnick's uh, podcast. Uh, he's a former Navy SEAL, and he talks a lot about how, you know, when you when you are short on motivation, it's the discipline that gets you through, right? So when you create systems and and you create checklists and you make sure that you're, you know, checking everything off uh, for the day and, and, and making sure you stay disciplined. Uh, that's going to lead you to success a lot more than trying to be, quote unquote, motivated. Motivation is temporary uh, and it can be a very fleeting thing. That's, you know, that's my major takeaway from from my military experience. Nice. So so you were a pilot. So what did that all entail when you were in the military? I have to stop you. I was a naval flight officer. Oh, okay. Uh, we are two units are very picky about that. Um, and, you know, shout out to my Naval flight officer brothers out there who will get that joke. <laughs> so then, um, but you were flying a plane, mm -hmm. but it wasn't something that you wanted to pursue. Like, like I think about those that were in the military and they were flying, like they become like commercial airline pilots a lot yeah. of times. Is that right? Is that accurate? Yeah. It's fairly accurate. Um, you know, I was a naval flight officer. I was a, a F-14 Rio. Um, so if you've seen the movie Top Gun, I was Goose. Uh, that's okay. how I related to civilians. And, uh, you know, most of my hours didn't really qualify uh, uh, to go straight into the airlines. I would have had to go back to school and, and done some uh, some additional training. But at the end of the day, it wasn't that interesting to me. I did, you know, I, I actually interviewed for a, a job at United um, on their, their ground staff. And, um, that's a, that's a whole different story for another day. <laughs> so, so you ended up now born and raised in Northern California then? No, no, I grew up in Pennsylvania. Well, how did, wait, I missed the part where you ended up in California then. That's called needs the Navy Carter. That's oh. uh, you go where they send you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, so you get stationed somewhere in California then is what you're saying. Yeah. Yep. And was that uh, in Northern California at the time or did you end up uh, just? I, I was stationed in the uh, the scenic area of California called the Central Valley, <laughs> uh, where uh, cows don't complain about jet noise. Mm. Uh, everybody else on the coast does. So they, they moved us all inland and, and made sure that we didn't bother anybody. Um, I can tell you I spent one weekend there in three years. I was on the road every weekend going to Tahoe or going to San Francisco to see my then girlfriend, now wife, um, and, and trying to make the best of what was a tough situation for a single guy uh, stationed out there. So um, what kind of a role did your uh, parents have with you on the direction of, 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 you know, getting into the military to start? And then ultimately, was there any influence there to get into financial services? Yeah, interesting. I never would have... Um, 
really piece that together. Uh, so that's a pretty interesting question. But uh, the answer is yes. Father was in the Air Force. My brother was in the Navy. My grandfather was in the Marine Corps. Um, you know, we do have a military background in our family. And my dad was in banking for you know most of his adult life. Uh, kind of kind of a cool story with him. He, he started out as a used car salesman and then moved over into the uh, finance and insurance uh, side of things and wound up uh, as vice president of a, of a regional bank. Well, now back in Pennsylvania, I'm assuming, where you grew up. Correct. Correct. Gotcha. Now, what part of uh, Pennsylvania were you in? Was that uh, more the rural area or the city? Uh, it depends on what you call rural. I grew up in a town of about 100,000 people and, and declining uh, on the uh, the intersection, of Interstate 79 and 90. Uh, it's called Erie, Pennsylvania. And uh, yeah, uh, Went to school at Pittsburgh. That's where I uh, got my scholarship uh, from the Navy. And after that, it was uh, it was off to see the world. Gotcha. So you're a Pitt Panther then? I am. Hail the Pitt. Oh, okay. All right. How's your guys? Uh, we're coming up on football season, obviously, right? I'm I'm assuming you you know you cheer them on, right? Yeah. Well, you know, the great thing about Pitt is you really never know what you're going to get until about middle of the season. Uh, you know, this could be the, this could be the breakout year for us or we could go, you know, four and eight. Uh, there's really no telling. Now, you mentioned your then girlfriend. You would travel every weekend to go see her now wife. So how did you guys meet? <laughs> Sounds like you're, you've been all over the country in this story. Where did you meet that you had to travel to go see her? Uh, we met in San Francisco. So I was I was couch surfing on a buddy's uh, couch in, in, in San Francisco uh, in his apartment. And uh, across the hall from him uh, actually uh, moved in my future wife's best friend. So we were destined to cross paths eventually in that uh, in that tiny little apartment building. So you guys met and you had uh, your rendezvous in Tahoe from time to time, it sounds like. We did. We did. That was uh, that was kind of where uh, I went to go blow off steam. I had it pretty well figured out uh, with the flight schedule. I, I My next door neighbor was the uh, scheduling officer. Uh, so I made it worth his while to put me on the first flight Friday morning. I'd be briefing at 530 in the morning. But I'd be done by 10 and on the road and in uh, San Francisco in time for happy hour. And then I would have the last flight on Monday night, uh, typically, you know, a, a night bombing uh, run where we didn't start until 8 o'clock at night. So you work the system. Uh, and uh, I, I was fortunate enough then to, to find enough good friends up there, uh, move it, moved in with a couple of them. And just kind of created a life for myself where I was in San Francisco four days a week. So did you, um, were you on the California or the Nevada side then of Tahoe when you would, when you would spend time there? Uh, California side. Yeah. It used to only be about a two and a half to three hour drive from the city. I think it's now about six just based on, on the popularity. Good Lord. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Traffic, traffic there is great. Well, you know, uh, one of our companies is actually in Incline Village, so that's why I know that area even. Yeah. So it's a gorgeous I area. This one, by the way, this time of year is really nice to go. Oh, yeah, especially if you mountain bike or hike or do any of those things. It's uh, it's a pretty awesome spot. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. So um, before I know we're coming up on our uh, on our first break. Before we go, though, I'm, I'm always curious on – because, you know, as an entrepreneur myself, you know, started my own business, I know how critically important it is to have that one in the foxhole with you be so supportive. So can you talk a little bit about how um, meaningful it's been for, you know, your then girlfriend, now wife it, during your journey as you continue down this uh, financial services world? Yeah, she's uh, been amazing uh, in a lot of different ways. Um, it was it was pretty nice. When I started my business, she had already started a business. So she knew exactly what to do. She knew exactly what paperwork to file. And uh, she made it very easy for me on, on that end of the transition. The other nice thing is that she's got a background in marketing. So when it was time to you know, hang out the shingle, you know, we knew who to call to actually create a shingle. 
And uh, yeah, it's been really a good marriage uh, of skills uh, to where when, you know, we started Victory Independent Planning, it was just about seamless. Nice. That's awesome. Well, um, VIP. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then, uh, so what is your spouse's name? Her name is Dixie, and I got to say, she is now transitioned over into Tim's world, uh, focusing on uh, nutrition counseling, and and she's working with some folks who are reversing type 2 diabetes with with dietary changes. That's music to our ears right there, right, Tim? Dude, I think I already know her. I think she is her last (laughs) name. There's only so many Dixies. No. Does she have a different last name? Okay. No. Yeah, well, I, that's, there's only I, I literally just had a health coach refer to me. This lady's like, this gal Dixie's been listening to your podcast, and she told me because this this client has uh, Epstein Barr virus, and mm. uh, got referred to me. So I'm just thinking, wait a minute, I think I might know this one. Health coach Dixie? No, nope. apparently, apparently there's more than one. Close. It's close. It's close. All right, guys. Well, I think it's time to take a break. Um, when we get back, let's get into what Patrick's doing in his business to help people keep their money safe and grow it. We'll be right back. Estate planning. What does that even mean? When the inevitable happens for everyone on this planet, your estate plan kicks into action. But first, let's start with what an estate is. An estate is simply everything you own. Now, here's the issue and what needs to be understood when this event occurs. You only have two choices on this plan. Number one, either you plan how your estate gets handed out and distributed to those you leave behind. Or number two, your state decides who gets everything you own. For the first time ever, you can now take complete and total control of this plan that you've been deprived of for most of your life and generations before you. You can get personalized assistance along the way with a team of specialists whose job it is to make sure you have true peace of mind. It's important to understand that estate planning is a journey and rest assured that our team will be available to you all along the way and at every step. Welcome to eState Plan, home of the last estate plan you'll ever need. To learn more, make sure to reach out to your local advisor licensed with us or go to our website for more information. What's up, Enrichers? Tim James here. I'm back with my co-host, Carter Wilcox. And again, today in the house, we've got Patrick Huey, Certified Financial Planner, VIP. He's going to tell you all about VIP and what he's doing over there to help people with their money, keep it safe, grow it, do all the things that financial advisors do. So Patrick, why don't you just give us the background and like, what's your unique selling proposition or what I guess what it is, what is it you do best over there for people? Yeah, you know, I think that uh, like a lot of folks in my space, I'm a generalist, um, but I'm a generalist who has some very specific things that he he looks for when he's working with folks. Um, I'm also an accredited tax preparer. I don't actually prepare taxes, but I've got the designation Uh, and I'm a uh, chartered advisor in philanthropy. So I I look for people where, you know, those skills can come into play uh, and help them. Because, you know, when you get in retirement, if your house is paid off, a lot of times if you're charitably inclined, you know, the second biggest check you cut on a monthly basis could be uh, to a 501c3, uh, you know, after the utilities. So uh, it, what we've created is, you know, some systems and some technology to uh, identify the folks that are charitably inclined and get them thinking strategically about how they need to uh, proceed with with those donations, how they can maximize their impact, and how they can do it all without impacting their own retirement. Tim, I'm pretty sure we've never had anybody on the show yeah. that even broached much of that subject right there. So what Not was, at all. Yeah. What was it that kind of got you going that direction? I mean, you're always sort of it's it's interesting. You said you're a generalist, but then like that's that is very niche. It feels like <laughs> it is, um, but you know it, it's like anything else, Carter. You're you've got maybe twenty percent of your client base that falls into that you know niche or or, or micro niche. 
Mm-hmm. Um, a, a lot of other folks are maybe not charitably inclined. It's not that I don't work with those folks. It's that to get the full value out of what I do and what, you know, my, my skill set is, that's, you know, that's what I'm looking for. Uh, those, those are the folks that are, you know, the raving fans because, you know, you save some, somebody $20,000 on their taxes by showing them how to, you know, take money, put it in a donor advised fund and kind of lump their next five years of, of donations together. You know, you just paid for your own fee for how many years, right? Um, at, at least a couple, depending on the, the account size. So yeah, it's, um, it's niche, but it's also something that if you do it right, it, it really does make an impact, not just for you, not just for the client, but for that charity that's downstream and benefiting from, from that planning. You know, I actually realized that like when I was a financial advisor, now I know what the part of it that I liked. I loved finding that niche shit that, yep. you know, having somebody come in and, they're going to write a check out to the government for four hundred thousand dollars because they sold a, a you know a property they owned outright for thirty three years and it was just they didn't want to deal with it anymore you know they're getting ready to just you know sunset and be done with it and and um, I'm like well hey like, instead of writing a check to the government why don't we write a check for you know four hundred and seventy five thousand and put it to a, a you know an oil and gas program that's it's high risk but it ain't more higher risk than writing a check because the government's going to get you zero return. It's gone. Right. It's down. It's right. flushing it. And it's like, why don't we do that? And then you can put that money into investment and get a hundred. It was like, it was like 90% tax credit at the time. One of the investments. And then, oh my God, they're, they're looking at each other. Like, is this real? Is this, and I got, I got off on that stuff. I love like saving people like big money and niche stuff like that. And I remember that specific deal. That was the first one that I did that with, with the oil and gas program. And um, I don't recommend oil and gas as a, something that you would want to put a tremendous amount of your portfolio in. Um, Thank you. Uh, and, yeah. Uh, but for that purpose, pretty darn good. Yeah. You know, pretty darn good. It was paying out. Yeah, that's, 10, 12, I, I'm with you, great. man. I, that's the piece I like too. And, and what, you know, gets me jazzed up about this industry because a lot of it can be a drag. A lot of it can be, you know, a slog and, and not knowing where, you know, the, the next client's going to come from. But that piece where you're a problem solver, and you're able to put two and two together and figure something out for somebody that they would not have figured out. Uh, mm-hmm. That is powerful. You know, everything else to me is uh, is commoditized, right? You know, we're all yeah. offering uh, you know stock and bond portfolios, or most of us are, um, and we're all talking about you know mutual funds and insurance and annuities and, and yada yada. Uh, but at the end of the day you got to be a problem solver uh, because yeah. all that stuff is basically tools in your toolbox and you got to figure out how to use it. Yeah. And the, as the years tick by, you learn more tools and you can put them together and all of a sudden you're like, well, I can put this tool with that tool and that tool. And then, wow, then you really got something. I just realized, Carl, that's, that's what I've been doing over here in the health field. It's like, I'm really excited about helping people with their health, but uh, a perfect example would be that, you know, the sauna, like I sold saunas for years and I found that new one that broke a natural law and I, I used it. It's like, God, this thing's freaking amazing. Like I got to tell everybody in the world about this. And I told Carter, it took me a year. I must not be very convincing. Um, <laughs> well, Carter lives finally the got the damn thing. And he's like, everybody in America needs one of these. Like, I know it's amazing. I guess I need my, I need my, I might need Dixie's help on marketing or something. I, I need some help. <laughs> I've got some really awesome stuff and that, that sauna is just one of many tools that I found. And sounds yeah. like that's the same thing that you're doing, uh, Patrick, is you've put a nice toolkit together for your clients. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you want to be able to come back to people, you know, with, with a message that is helpful to them, but is also data driven. Right. And, and you talk about tools and, and, you know, we can get into this uh, a little bit later on the health side. You know, I use tools, for health as well. I mean, I, I take my, my blood glucose on a daily basis and I'm not diabetic. Uh, I just want the data. Uh, and the data is what helps you then turn that into a system. And then the system is what helps you be able to turn that into something that, you know, makes a difference and, and creates value. So yeah, I, I, I'm with you. That's, that's the good stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I love, um, obviously 
you know, always trying to bring value. I mean, that's kind of sort of my mantra, you know, bring value every chance you get. And, um, you know, you have to be, you know, different, unique, you know, you've got to be able to, you know, have that niche or you, you know, you call that a, a micro niche, but I do kind of want to go back to that micro niche a little bit and, uh, you know, share a little bit about, you know, donor advised funds. Um, you know, is that something that you stumbled upon or is that something that you meaningfully went that direction? Um, it's mostly meaningful. Obviously, I got involved with uh, the charitable side of things in the Predator Advisor and Philanthropy Program. And I did that because I was uh, working actually for a, a nonprofit in, in Portland, Oregon at the time. And um, I was on their board. I shouldn't say I was working for them. Uh, I, I became the treasurer. You know, I was moving up through the ranks and I realized that I didn't really know a whole lot about fundraising and I wanted to be able to speak intelligently, you know, with donors as well as with uh, board members, you know, about how to run a nonprofit. And in that program, you get a little bit of both. You get a bit of, you know, organization side and you get a little bit of the donor side. And I just started to learn more and more about the tools that you could use, you know, split gifts, uh, you know, donor advised funds, uh, all kinds of, you know, intricacies sure. between those two things. But, you know, to me, when you start looking at the average investor, and I don't work with super wealthy people, not against it. Uh, but my, you know, core group is kind of the millionaire next door. And, you know, they are the folks that get overlooked in charitable giving, and yet they cut the most checks. They're not the biggest checks, right. but they're the most. Right. And they don't get the strategic input that somebody, you know, with a billion dollars does. I guess it makes sense, but at some point, somebody's got to step in and say, hey, you know what? You could be doing this differently and tactically helping yourself out, paying less money to the government and more money to the charity, and everybody wins. And, you know, if you can do that at scale, great. Um, yeah. If you can do that repetitively, great, because then word gets around and, and you're the problem solver for, for that group. So it sounds like then that you're really working with more of the mass affluent demographic that tends to be underserved in those areas that you specialize in. Then. Yeah. Mass affluent. That's the marketing name, right? For the millionaires next door. That, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because millionaire next door, I think is copyrighted. Sorry about that. <laughs> All right. Well, Hey, I think you were paraphrasing is what you're yeah. doing, but <laughs> uh, in any event, so let's talk a little bit about then, um, you know, your clientele, do they, with the fact that, and we talked a little bit, maybe you want to share some of the story about you were on the road living and, uh, you know, touring or something. You talked pre-show, share that story a little bit and then how that turned into like a mobile office during COVID. Uh, so we, we were living in Portland and uh, my, my wife turned 40 on a beach in the Caribbean and she looked at me and said, uh, now that you own your own business, can we do more of this? Meaning be on the beach. And I said, well, yeah, sure. And I didn't realize what she meant was, I'm going to go back and list the house. And when it sells, we're going to go somewhere and, and live on the beach. So by that was, uh, that was February of 2018. By June, the house had sold. Uh, we had gone over to Idaho, picked up our, our trailer, and we were on the road uh, that uh, that June. And you were on the road for how long before you finally settled then in Florida? Uh, we were on the road for about nine months, and we finally came off because we broke down in Nashville. It's going to take them about a week to fix it. And we called a friend of ours who lived in, in South Florida uh, on the Gulf Coast and said, hey, is there any chance that your rental unit has, has opened up? We're, we're kind of homeless for the month. And oddly enough, their, their renter had canceled about two days prior. Uh, we came down, we lived in Bonita Springs uh, for a month, looked up and down the Gulf Coast and finally settled on, on Marco Island, Florida, uh, moved in here in, in 2019. 
Well, so then how did, um, you know, during COVID, um, how did all of that travel, you know, modify or maybe it shaped what your what your business model looks like? Yeah, like everybody else, um, I didn't have a plan for COVID. Uh, we kind of made it up as we went along. Um, Zoom was, you know, kind of kind of the the go to. Uh, after a while, we got super bored with that and said, you know, we we still have this RV and places are starting to open up. Let's go. Uh, and we went, you know, on a couple of longer trips. Some of them to see clients. Not as many, just because uh, people were still fairly, you know, gun shy at that point ab- about meeting in person. Uh, but there was no reason why I couldn't go and be in the Smoky Mountains in the summertime instead of, you know, 95 degrees and 95 percent humidity, and do Zoom calls and, and talk to people. And we were talking off air. Uh, it, it got me uh, a, a spot on FA Magazine. Uh, as one of the best mobile offices uh, for advisors uh, in, in during COVID. Yeah, that's pretty cool. We'll have to make sure that in the show notes, we, uh, we, we get a link to be able to share that so people can uh, read that article. That'll be cool. If it's still up, we'll, we'll try. Well, well, we'll try. We'll, we'll do the research and try to find it and everything. But, uh, <laughs> so um, then what is your, as far as your clientele, then did you expand your reach as far as like, you know, access or making yourself accessible to clients that weren't just in Florida? Are you working with clients like in, you know, the Southeast region or are you, uh, you know, more on a, a national basis? How's that work? Uh, we're, we're national now. Uh, I lo- I've lost count of how many states we're in. Uh, but uh, Zoom has helped, you know, for better, for worse, COVID kind of made that a normal thing, right? So you don't necessarily need to be in front of people as much as you used to. They don't expect it. And um, we've taken advantage of that uh, somewhat in in our expansion. Um, Still a lot of clients uh, back in Portland, where I started my firm, Uh, fair amount down here in Florida, some up in the Northeast Corridor, smattering over the Midwest. I mean, it's just, um, you know, it, it, the, the people I want to work with are all over the place and, uh, geography is not a hindrance to me anymore. Yeah. And, and you already mentioned it, right. And, and we've seen this, you know, in, uh, in a lot of the advisement we give with our advisors is that, you know, the acceptance of doing, you know, virtual meetings, you know, mm-hmm. it was accelerated during COVID, right. And you're seeing, you know, that play out in, in real time, basically. So so why limit yourself to your own community slash neighborhood whenever what you do can be, you know, very meaningful impact and impactful for those who aren't in that area doing that? Yeah, it, it's it gets my brain working sometimes because, you know, I think about maybe uh, spending more time overseas uh, later on in life, maybe when my son's out of the house. Uh, but um, could we facilitate, you know, almost everything that I do on a daily basis from anywhere in the world? I think we probably can, uh, and we'll test that at some point. Just need a good internet connection, baby. That's all you I need. know. I know it. Yeah. Of course, it, you know, you, you are missing out that, you know, that personal to person connection, that human connection. I mean, that is important, but you can run your business. And then, you know, I don't know if you knew this, um, Patrick, but. Um, this is why you probably you probably didn't know this, but when you do a, a Zoom call or I guess we're on webinar gym on this one, Carter's actually a robot. He's not he's not a real human, and you, you can't even tell. <laughs> they can do so much with AI. So you can get days. fooled Crazy. once in a while. I'm yeah. the only I'm the real human here. He's a he's AI robot. Yeah, he's programmed to play golf. Uh, this well, is just a little side hustle he's got going on. Yeah, there's a lot of truth to that. That that's for sure. <laughs> No doubt about hey, it. Hey, dude, if you're a robot, you should be shooting better. You should be have a bigger oh, yeah, a better I handicap. Should, I should I should be a plus handicap. <laughs> I should be on the PGA Tour of being a That's robot. That's right. Oh, unfortunately, not so much. But, I, but my son, so out of curiosity, how old is your son then, Patrick? He's nine. Oh, okay. All right. So you got a few years, obviously, to go. And yeah. then just yours and Dixie's only? Yep. That's it. All right. So uh, so only child. Um well, my son is 16, just started hit. Well, he'll start his 
junior year here. And I, I think next Monday actually is when he starts, but uh, yeah, you know, I spent a lot of time with him. He plays golf, you know, he's got a you know personal trainer and, you know, he's got a uh, mental coach and uh, you know, his own golf coach and, you know, oh, works wow. with him all the time. And, but my, the point to that is that, you know, you, you need that. So I'm just, what I'm curious about is as I'm listening to your business model, it seems replicatable if you had others that were sort of similar to you that you could be able to, is that something in the future that you're looking at doing and growing your practice or is that what's happening now? Uh, it's not happening now. It's not something that I've considered. I still feel very young in this endeavor, right? I've been doing it for seven years on my own, uh, but I still feel like I'm a new business owner. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So I, I do struggle with some of those big long-term uh, planning pieces. I've said from the beginning, I don't really want to go down that route, but things could change. Um, I like just being me and uh, have, having me be the face of the firm. Um, I'm perfectly willing to delegate stuff to uh, to folks when it's uh, when it's feasible, and um, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. Well, let me ask you this question: If you are working with clients in different areas, um, how many of those relationships were formed, you know, virtual only? How many do you think you have? You have a handful. Do you have 50? I mean, some. It's a handful. It's a handful. Yeah. Most, most of the folks that I work with, I I have at least met in person once. You know, I I do try to make sure that, that I get around and and do that for most of them. Um, But uh, there is a, there are a handful. It just hasn't worked out yet. I agree with Tim. I, I mean, I think that there, there is no real substitute for, human interaction. And, you know, the question is, do you need that to be in person face to face twice a year? I, I would submit no. Um, but I, you know, other people will argue. Well, let me ask you this question then, because I'm, I'm, I'm curious about this, because we just got to mention about how, you know, the, the acceptance and willingness of your prospects that turn into clients Mm-hmm. can now be virtually anywhere, right? So so mm-hmm. you're talking about somewhere even international, you can be while you're meeting with them, be that as it may. Right now, though, what I'm curious about, and some of our enrichers who are other advisors may be you know, either struggling or uh, maybe they're successful at this, but what do you think is the the thing that takes a prospect that's virtual only that turns into a client for you? Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I, I think it's demonstrating, you know, the proactivity and basically letting them know that you are, you know, now part of the uh, VIP get and stay retired blueprint. And in that blueprint is a service model. Uh, and, I, and I call that service model 521242. And the 52 is a weekly email that I send out to clients. I actually write it. Uh, I then turn it into a podcast uh, for general consumption. Uh, I send 12 individual uh, financial planning related emails throughout the year. Uh, They get four offers for a quarterly review. So they can, you know, jump in my calendar and schedule. And then they get two in person. I'm going to, you know, air quote, in-person, Zoom calls uh, as far as, you know, uh, reviews. So I I think that that is important. That's an important piece of letting them know that they're not just going to sign the paperwork and then not hear from you for six months. Um, I I think it's important that they have something in their inbox from you from time to time that even if they don't read it, I don't know how many of my clients actually, I know how many clients open my emails. I don't know how many actually read it and I don't care because what's most important for me is that they've got the email there. They can hit reply and ask me a question. They can schedule, they can do whatever they need to do. um, You know, and I'm, you know, there to, to provide whatever they need. Awesome. All right, guys, well, it's time for another break. We'll be right back. 
want the absolute best for yourself, and you want it to be easy. That's why we created Green 85. It helps with detoxifying the body gently. We're proud it's chemical-free, unlike almost all other supplements you'll find. Bottom line, Green 85 will get you healthier. We look forward to hearing what Green 85 did for you. To get this product and our other amazing products, go to chemicalfreebody.com. That's chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Enrichers? Tim James here. I'm back with my co-host, Carter Wilcoxon. Uh, We're here with Patrick Huey, Certified Financial Planner. Hey, Patrick, this is the section of our, our um, talk today where we get to flip the script and you get to ask me any question on health. So ask away. Well, let me give you a little bit of health backstory for myself. I mean, Carter knows uh, from, from his years in the business, and, and Tim, I'm sure you saw it as well as a financial advisor. Uh, there is a supreme lack of health and wellness uh, in our community, um, you know, the, the supreme, old, that's the best word ever, probably for that. The old joke. Supersized. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we used to call it broker butt back in the day. Um, but, uh, you know, I struggled with it too. I'm in great shape now, but uh, around about the time that I, I was starting the business, maybe a year or two prior, um, after our, my son was born, you know, you just, you get busy, you stop uh, paying attention to the things that, that really uh, matter with your health. And all of a sudden you find yourself overweight and your, uh, your blood pressures out of tolerances. Um, I will say, um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to give him a plug if that's okay. Uh, Dr. Miles Hassel in Portland, Oregon. Uh, he wrote the, uh, the book, Good Food, Great Medicine. And he's one of those guys that doesn't take insurance. You got to cut the check, uh, but it's worth every damn dollar uh, because he's not on anybody's dole. Um, he's going to tell you what you need to stay off of medications instead of, you know, just putting you on the, the long slide towards, uh, you know, the seven, eight uh, pills uh, that the average American pops. So that's kind of my story. Uh, he turned me around, got me eating clean. Uh, my my wife had seen him before I did. Um, she's been an absolute uh, evangelical, uh, you know, light for you know, eating clean, um, eating uh, real foods, um, and just not screwing around with a lot of the products that are pushed on us every day that are not necessarily good for human health. So. That's a long tirade uh, of mine. Um, <laughs> are, are you seeing, you know, similar people looking for help? My, my, my feeling is that, like, we all see it. You know, if you travel through an airport in America, you can't help but notice that something is deeply, deeply wrong. And yet I, I just wonder how many people are actually reaching out for help. Well, it's uh, definitely, um, I don't see myself going out of business anytime soon. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I've been talking about this recently, just talking to people and on different shows and podcasts, radio shows, and just, you know, conversations, you know, actually I had a guy that I knew who's a friend of mine. He just recently called me. He's like, well, I kind of got myself in a pickle and this guy, let me put, let me put this into context here. He was like almost a professional soccer player. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like he probably could have done it, but you know, just like whatever. So very athletic. And Oh, I know why he got in a car accident. That's what happened. He actually got in a car accident mm. and had a bunch of pins and stuff put in his leg. So he got into sales and he was doing pretty good for a young kid in his early twenties, making about eight grand, six, seven, eight grand a month. Pretty darn good. And, um, he called me up and he's like, man, he's like, uh, I need your help. And I'm like, what happened? He's like, I, I was in the middle of, um, uh, doing a deal and I, I couldn't talk. I just couldn't talk anymore. And this happened twice. And then finally, the second time he called me up, he's like, I need, I need some help. So he had severe anxiety. It was from uh, trauma from that car accident is what it was. Mm. Maybe some other stuff. I'll. Uh, so 
I ended up helping him with that years ago. He's one of my first coaching students back when I was just getting my ears wet doing it. And then he just called me the other day and he's like, yeah, I kind of got myself in a pickle again. I go, what happened? And well, I broke up with a girl and I started drinking alcohol a lot. And, um, yeah, my liver's shutting down. Um, I'm in the hospital right now. And he's just telling me all this stuff that they're putting him on all these things. It's not working. And, and I gave him this whole dissertation on what to do just cause he's a friend. Um, and I'm, and then I'm like, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy that, that my company even exists. Like, why should I yeah. even have, why, why should a company have to exist to get six to 12 pounds of impacted fecal material out of people's colons that's sitting there rotting yeah. in their gut? Why shouldn't yeah. my company exist to pull out heavy metals, radiation, pollution? That's it. It's in the umbilical cord blood of every child being born. I mean, Every child being born has 180 cancer-causing chemicals plus. That's the low end. Plus. That's the low end. Plus. I mean, just repeat. That is the low end. So mm-hmm. our children are polluted. We're polluted. Um, why do I have to create products to ship them to you so you can get phytonutrients, these plant nutrients into your body, or replace the bacteria that's missing in your gut because they've been killed? It's just like you should just go out, pick food out of nature, and eat it like every other wild creature. But in the inner cities with the concrete jungle and stuff, you know, um, the, you don't have access to that. But you do have access to alcohol uh, stores and mini marts that have it's just all processed crap. It's poison. Well, and, and, and even is. if you even if you get outside the urban center and, and go to, you know, a farm, um, you know, God forbid it's uh, monocrop agriculture. It's depletion of the soil. I mean, you've, you've got a lot of problems with our food system you know, starting at the source in America that, that I don't think people really take the time to think about. I spend a lot of time, you know, we talked about trying to get overseas. We spend a lot of time in France. Uh, My my wife is fluent um, and, you know, we travel over there quite a bit and and that's a culture that, you know, just adores food, not shit that you buy in, in the grocery store food. I mean, real whole foods, single ingredient. And um, that, to me, was kind of an eye-opener as far as just how far we have drifted from, you know, our our ancestors 100 100 years ago. Uh, It didn't used to be like this. No. Well, I guess the answer to your question is like, you know, we're open for business and we have new people uh, lots of people coming into our business, new ones every week, every week. And we're growing and we're just trying to get people back to nature. We're trying to get all the man-made crap and chemicals out of their body, clean up their cells, their fat, their muscle tissue, their gut, and yep. then, you know, plug them back into nature. And at the same time, there's, you know, the major disconnect from nature. And because of that, and because of societal conditioning and parental conditioning and certain things going on, there's also a disconnect from from a people's spiritual connection, right? So what I first got started this, I was just like, oh, I'm going to help people do what I did. I'm going to help them with clean up, you know, get their body right. But mm-hmm. then when I got my body right, right out of the gate, I literally raised my vibrational frequency, like literally, literally. And then that tapped me more into God, that spiritual path. And so it took me about 2011 to 2018, about seven years later, where I finally got on track with it. And I started exploring and like having all these things that I thought was all woo-woo BS turned out to be like the real thing and i'm like having these breakthrough 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 in my life and i was kind of nervous to share it with people but i thought well i won't tell them where i got this information but i'll just share the concept <laughs> and then i'd share the concept and then my, stu- my coaching students were like oh my god dude that was the most profound coaching session i this happened to me and this happened so i just i started like layering it in there very quietly and then now it's like for me I, i'm fully upfront about it like when people come to us this is not just about you know yeah, the reason the reason why that you're suffering is because you're disconnected from source. God, he, she, it, the vortex, the higher mind, whatever you want to call it. Everybody has their own, you know, thing that they do. I, it doesn't matter to me. It's all it's all the same, but it's different. And I just want to get you connected back to that. But to do it, we go through the body. We we clean up the body and raise the body because it's very, you know, if you actually believe in God, whatever your version is for you, and God gave you this body as a gift to go experience this life. You're kind of slapping God in the face, um, if they have a face, depending on your religion, and um, it, by by not taking care of it. It's just it's kind yeah. of like 
it's an insult. And it's like, so that is like the, one of the first things you should do is like, look in the mirror and be like, man, it's like, this is a real gift. Like I get to, I get to do anything. I can choose dark. I can choose light. I can, I can paint. I can become a financial advisor. I can play guitar, violin. I can go help old people shovel or walk. It's, you can do whatever you want. Like you can literally do, it's like, it's like playland. It's like a blank canvas every day when you wake up. But if so many people are so dogged down in, got to pay the bills and this and that and stress and all yep. sort of stuff. They're missing out on this whole experience that we call life. Well, and- they're, they're missing out on, on vitality, right? You know, they, they, they have a body that's broken. Um, and it's very hard to have a spirit that's not broken. You know, if you're in pain or if you, you know, can't do simple functions like, you know, go for a walk with your kid, yep. uh, that, that to me is, is kind of where we're at at a crossroads in society where, you know, we, we got to start taking better care of ourselves because the younger generation is watching and, yeah. you know, we can go down. And they are the- watching too. They are watching because my children were well, a perfect example. Cause I switched to halfway. I was like 37 when I switched and there was even, it was a tumultuous relationship with their mom. So I went super healthy, like crazy, like, like food Nazi. And then their mom was just like, give them more pizza. Cause I think she, for whatever reason, just doing the same thing we were doing that I used to do. And so, but now my children, my, my sons are in their twenties and they've come back and they're asking me questions and they're like my younger, they're, they're getting healthier. They're getting healthier all the time. They're following my lead, but it took a while. So I, but I, I led by example. I never, I never wavered. I've always been on this path now, Yeah. but um, I did want to ask you a question, man. So sure. uh, I really like it that your wife's a health coach. And you're pretty learned in the subject. So I'm hoping you can, uh, like, I, maybe I can answer a question for you. That's like, you have, a, that you know, that you haven't, it's unanswered yet. Hmm. Maybe for your personal health. How, how do you, f- well, you mentioned your child, yeah, your child, the, maybe go ahead. Yeah. You mentioned some of the, um, the, uh, the heavy chemicals and, and uh, elements and, and that sort of thing mm-hmm. kind of trickling in. Like, what do you, what do you think is the cause of that? Well, it's, how, it's do you, multi, how do it's you, how do you multifaceted? It? It's multifaceted. Well, heavy metals is an example. You could have, you know, old iron pipes that are rusting that you're drinking that water, yeah. right? You don't have a proper system. You could be drinking out of aluminum cans and you're putting yeah. aluminum particles. You could be using aluminum foil. You could be cooking out of aluminum cookware. Uh, if you're breathing air, you know, some people out there, like they don't believe in chemtrails, but you know, that, the well, you know, I had a lot of people challenge me on that. Cause I learned about it. I actually had a guy on who had the, um, uh, he has, he has a podcast, Matt Landman, not a podcast, but uh, maybe he does now, but he has a documentary um, called Frankenskies. If you guys haven't hmm. seen it, watch it. It's called Frankenskies. And I had him on my show to talk about chemtrails. Well, so if they're spraying nanosized aluminum particles in the air, then I'm thinking, yeah, you can't see it. That's the problem. So everybody thinks it's some, well, half people think it's BS probably. And so I'm like, well, it's still aluminum. It still weighs heavier in air. It's going to fall to the earth. If you look at the, the soil people, the biologists, they're testing air and water and soil samples and plant samples and aluminum's going through the roof. In fact, it's, it's so high now it's killing some plants. You can also get it mm-hmm. from vaccines. There's aluminum adjuvants in vaccinations. And, yeah. you know, the problem with these with these metals and stuff, you can even get off of f- silverware and stuff, is that um, cookware is that it, it's you can't see it. It slowly builds up. It can get into the, the brain and then it's metal. Right. And what would you go into? You know, what do they roll out full steam ahead during COVID? To, you know, it was 5G. Right. And before that, there was 1G, 2G, 3G, 4G, now 5G, moving on to 6. And 5G was right below military grade weaponry. You also have smart meters, AKA smart meters, I call them kill, kill boxes, that are outside of your home. And those are the same as uh, a microwave. It, it's the same frequency as like standing there mm-hmm. and getting zapped. And by the way, if your microwave's on in the room and you're in the room, you're getting zapped on the outside too, not just the inside. You know, the, um, you have, um, so anyway, my point is like, if, if these metals then get, and you're getting zapped because you have the Wi-Fi and the smart meters and you actually have ELFs, electric low frequency from your electrical lines in, in your home. So if mm-hmm. your bed is within three foot of an electrical socket line, then guess what? You're getting zapped. I've seen the little meters like, and you get, whoa, it's like you, then you're like, oh my God, it's real now. 
And then there's devices now you can put on there. But a lot of people's children are sleeping within three foot of a light socket. That's not good for sleep. It's not going to be good yeah. for their test scores. It's not going to be good for their immune system. And you're going to have more late nights up with them and take them to the doctor for throat, nose, and ear infections and all these problems because their immune system's crashed because they're not grounded. They're getting zapped. They're full of heavy metals. You see the problem? It's crazy. It's crazy. It's everywhere. So what we do is we take all this craziness and we just tell people to take a big breath. It's like, okay, it's there. We give them the awareness. There's a little bit of fear there, but it's like, now what are we going to do? Okay, we're going to start voting with our dollars. Number one, we're going to stop buying crap that's poisoning us. Yeah. That's it. We're going to stop paying for poison. That's it. We're going to stop paying for poison. We're going to find other companies that either have a clue or care, and you're going to start driving those dollars over to them and giving them your money. That, like our company, like I tell people all the time, I don't, I'm not bashful about it anymore. It's like, you should patronize us. I, like I'm fanatical about the quality of these products. I'm fanatical about the uh, potency and the purity of it. Cause it's going into my body. So why wouldn't you buy this stuff? Because it's, you know, it's going to be good for you. Like, and, and we have a double your money back guarantee to prove it. So buying from companies like that, you change industry. So people, yeah. even if you, you know, most people, um, well, whether you believe or don't believe it, your votes matter anymore. <laughs> which they don't, um, your vote still matters when you buy something. So collectively, if everybody stops buying stuff that's putting pollution into the environment, which is our biggest problem we have going on this globe right now, not climate change, but pollution, is then you're going to change industry. That's it. We still hold all the cards with our money. So, But it's giving people the awareness, uh, Patrick. Stop buying that crap, and then we give people products and solutions and different strategies they can do at home and sometimes with different you know, practitioners to get this crap out of them literally. And so they can get their body back to just balance and normal and then plug their butt back into, into the um, nature, you know, and start flooding their body with living foods, living cultures, living bacterium, living phytochemicals. And man, we just, we work on that and we reduce on re reducing their stress and people just come back to life. This is not like some, super difficult thing it's actually really basic we've talked about it before it's reducing stress getting the toxins out of the body and flooding the body with living nature you do those three things you're going to come back at some level i don't know how i'm not a doctor i don't claim to I, you know cure anybody we don't do that but we help you show you what we did to heal ourselves and are um, you finding it easier you finding it easier now to talk to people about stuff like gut health because I, I feel oh, like yeah. It's oh yeah oh yeah finally uh, starting to get a little bit yeah. mainstreamy yeah you know 12, 13, 12 years ago when I was talking about it, it was like it was even hard to find good products in the store I was talking about gut detox and people are like screw you I ain't doing that you know right. and now it's like gut detox ever all these companies are jumping up and you know jumping on the bandwagon and putting products out there so again it's like I get a lot of people that like I a lot of our clients are the I've tried everything clients. And a lot of people are skeptical, too, because they've tried so much stuff. And there's oh, yeah. a lot of com companies out there just literally selling crap in a box. Just be and they throw gut detox on it or gut cleanse or whatever. And, you know, but there are some good ones, too. Right. So we've learned to help people. We know how to read labels over here. So we teach our clients how to read labels, um, yeah. which is important. Um, but even that's being in jeopardy now. Right. So you know, they're putting stuff. I mean, some of this stuff, like in children's cereal, it pisses me off, like, there's opiate derivatives in children's cereal and it's not even on the box to further addict them to the, like the high fructose corn syrup and corn syrup, these super sugars. And yep. then, you know, in, enriched with synthetic chemical vitamins is stupid. Uh, one of the great things about uh, traveling in France is there is no high fructose corn syrup. Yeah. <laughs> it's illegal there, right? It is illegal there. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Still legal around here. So, so I have a, yeah. I have a serious question for, for both of you. Okay. When when you decided to start this podcast, was Live Long and Prosper already trademarked? Isn't that from a isn't that a line in a movie? <laughs> it's Star, Star Trek. Trek. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Oh, super, serious, super serious question. What if I can do it with the other hand too? That's a little hard with my right hand. I, can do both. I know I can do this. Can you guys do this? I gotta think that about I can't it. Tell. No. <laughs> <laughs> we're waving our hands around. That's what we're yeah. doing. We're doing Star Trek sim Spock symbols. For those, for those Hand not signs. watching. Yeah, for the enrichers yeah. out there, which is most people. Yeah, yeah, it, it, exactly. You know, it um, the I get what's awesome, Patrick, is I get to share the story about how we started this podcast. You know, and um, 
and it's such it's such a cool story that you know you were I thought maybe you were going to go down that path and and it really didn't have anything other than to do than with the fact that I just wanted to start a podcast and I was blessed the fact that Tim you know unbeknownst to me had been reached out to for me to be a guest on a show so he got on my um, he got on my calendar. He's like, dude, you're in the financial service business. Why do you want to be a guest on my podcast? Right. Right. And then, and then lo and behold, well, Tim used to be a former wealth advisor turned health advisor now. So I was like, right. so one thing led to another, you know, it, it, it didn't happen overnight, but I remember that very first phone conversation I was talking to Tim and, um, I was like, dude, why don't we start our own podcast? We'll call it the Health and Wealth Podcast. And I think you're going to be somewhere in the 80s as far as guests that we've had on here. And mm-hmm. every single time, hopefully, you know, everybody gets to at least the health part on the end of this thing because it's always just such great information. We, we're either, you know, sharing new information or we're, you know, confirming or affirming information we've spoken about before and everything. And um, I, I think it's really cool that you've made that determination, that priority in your life. You, you reach some point in your life, Patrick, where you're like, enough's enough. I've got to do, I have to prioritize my health. Is that fair? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I'm, I'm lucky I have a partner in that. Uh, my wife is, uh, is definitely, you know, driving force in, in a lot of those decisions um, because she's got the knowledge, you know, she's, she's gone through the, the coursework and she, understands things that I don't um, and uh, will point me in the direction. No, you should read this. You should read that. Um, So, yeah, I think it's important. But I also think it's important, you know, as a financial advisor, financial planner, to have some diverse interests. You know, I think you have to be looking outside of your, your fairly narrow lane because if you want, you know, your clients to live long and prosper, uh, they got to focus on their health and their wealth. And, you know, you may not be the person to point it out to them, but you could be, you know, um, how healthy are you? How's your health? How are things going? Have Dude, it's the perfect conversation. It's the perfect conversation. It's like you're bringing your, it's a value add that most of them can't even do because they're not healthy themselves. It's a huge yeah. conversation with people. Yeah. And if the doctors were taught this, which it's not their fault, most of them, it's, it's the system. But as a financial advisor, oh, you guys both know that we become like counselors for these people as well. They're, they're, yep. you know, hey, what toothbrush should I buy? And like, what should I do with my husband or my wife? And like, you know, it's all these, it's all these crazy. We we do everything for them basically. It's not just the financial stuff. So if I was back in the financial thing, I'd be like, look, here's the deal. I'm really good at what I do. I help people make money. And if I don't help you make your money and protect your assets, you should fire me. Let's let's get that up front. But at the same time, it doesn't really matter how much money you have if your health is in the toilet. And America's right now, their health is in the freaking toilet. So you're not going to be able to enjoy it. You'll spend, you spend all your money or your time working up, spending these, saving these money. Now you got this pile of cash, one health event, and you're going to spend it all down. You're going to leave the other person. You're going to be dead. One of you is dead and the other one's going to be destitute and they spend all that money. One of my friends, George Wiseman, this product over here, his wife had uh, lupus and $300,000 in medical expenses, bankrupt. You know, luckily he's a genius inventor and now he's got this thing over in this company. He's done very well financially, but a lot of people can't rebound like that. They might not have that skill set. Maybe they did a certain type of job where it was repetitive. They drove a truck or something for 30 years, retired, and they worked their butt off for 35 years and then they can't just go do it again. Maybe they're, they're obsolete and they put them out with a computer or somebody younger, they can get five of them for the same price. You know, you know, I, I so. mentioned it off air. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and mention it now for, for the folks that are listening and watching the, the book is uh, outlive uh, by Dr. Peter Atia. And, and he talks, uh, you know, quite a bit about that kind of thing, moving towards what he calls medicine 3.0, where you're actually planning for the future instead of reacting to what's going on now. And I think that's a great, you know, uh, dichotomy between the way we operate and the way doctors operate. Uh, doctors, we do not have health care in America. We have sick care. You know, yeah. they wait until you're sick and then they slap some pills in you and try to keep you going until you're 85. Um, that is not vitality. That's not, you know, that's not life to me. Um, now, obviously, there are situations where you need prescriptions and, you know, Western medicine is a, is a wonderful thing. Uh, but what if you could just take some time 
in your 30s and 40s and say, well, shit, I don't want to go down that road. I don't want to be 65 and one hip break away from, you know, basically being in a wheelchair for the rest of my life. You know, what things can I do right now uh, in, in order to, to, to make it better for me and my family in, in the future? Yeah, stop smoking crack. <laughs> I think we can all agree on that one. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Peter. All right. The more, Patrick, the more you thank know. You. Thank you so much for coming on our show today, brother. Yeah, man. It was, yeah. it was good spending some time with you guys. It was fun. Yeah. Hey, Enrichers, we want to thank you for joining us for another episode of the Health and Wealth Podcast. And to be able to see all of our previous wonderful guests, like Patrick Huey from VIP, um, go to our website at www.v healthandwealthpodcastshow.com and make sure to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Google, Podbean, wherever we're out there everywhere. So um, for my phenomenal co-host, Mr. Chemical Free Body himself, Tim James, I'm Carter Wilcoxon, CEO and founder of CSI Financial Group. Um, Patrick, seriously, your story, your backstory was, was awesome and I love the journey that you're on and the path and the direction that you're going. And I can tell you that uh, I can tell the listeners out there, your clients are in, in good hands. Thanks, Carter. I, that means a lot to me, and I, I can't imagine a better compliment. <laughs> Absolutely. So until next time, Enrichers, we will see you on the Health and Wealth Podcast. Thank you, everybody. Hey, Enrichers. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Health and Wealth Podcast. I'm your host, Carter Wilcoxon. And I'm your host, Tim James. And by God, we are committed to helping you guys have fat wallets, flat bellies. So tune in again for another episode and make sure to like, share, and drink a lot of water. Or beer. You have just listened to the Health and Wealth Podcast with Carter and Tim. Tim.